You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Hey, it's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Blossom, yes, Blossom. That's the only sad thing. I want to know what happens next. there listeners and welcome to another episode of the earth station who podcast that's right folks we are back and we have survived the regeneration episode we survived technical issues with between facebook and <laughs> Streamyard. we survived just everything and we're here to keep on moving on now because from what everyone's saying we are not going to have new doctor who for 12 months so we got a lot to fill in and thank you guys for sticking with us we so appreciate it it's a new era of doctor who it's a new era of earth station who that's right folks we're back and we're dedicated to bring you some amazing stuff over the next year and beyond it should be a ton of fun and we got a great episode to talk about we figured the holidays are right upon us and we've never really reviewed a lot of the different holiday specials that they did in the old run of new who so we are starting with gary for this the runaway bride that's right the episode that introduced us to donna that's right donna noble and it is interesting because to me she was the most hated companion of doctor who at this point <laughs> and when i first when i first saw it it was just like oh i can't stand her oh i hope i never see her again Boy, did we end up with egg on our face on this one, folks. We do it, That's you know, I think sure. the, the two times we did was with Donna and then with uh, Nardo. I definitely yeah. think. But, you know, I'm glad it worked out that way. Because, yeah. I mean, be better it be better than, than we thought it was going to be. Well, it, it's interesting, too. And, you know, we'll get into this in a few minutes. But this is right after the Doctor and Rose era. So he is majorly, you know in morning in this episode. So it's going to be very interesting to hear what you guys at home think and 
what my co-hosts think. Of course, let's say hey to them. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. And of course, Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. It's always fun just talking between the three of us. We love having guests and everything on the show, but I love just when it's the three of us because it gives us time just to rib each other and also, you know, find out what we, <laughs> you know, what we thought about these episodes and everything. And I, I think it's just a ton of fun that way. And it's just great being with you guys. And hopefully everything is going well with everybody at home. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstationwho.com. Let us know what you guys thought of Jody's regeneration or all the news that's been coming out afterwards. Or, you know, how are you guys going to handle the 12-month hiatus? You know, no more new who until then. Unless RTD is lying to us. Hmm. Mm, you can't trust him nope the doctor lies and so does rtd <laughs> that's very true they did say there's going to be three specials and yes they've confirmed that they least. have confirmed that so we might as well jump in with doctor who news uh real quick uh that's the first thing was that they did confirm after the thir- the 13th doctor regenerated into doctor 14 question mark question mark <laughs> And, you know, they are calling David Tennant the 14th Doctor. So it's it's interesting. now, anyway. Well, of course. Of course. And they're saying Trudy is Doctor 15. And I think there's a little bit more to it. And I have my theories. And we'll talk about that. And, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they ended it. Um the ratings were very good for the special, which is really nice to hear. And, you know, you had the naysayers who put out the initial ones, but after, you know, the streaming and all the other stuff, the show did very, very well in, especially in the UK, but also in the U S it did really, really well. So ABC America was, you know, doing high fives because of it. And, you know, it was sad to see Jody gone. And like we said at the end of the episode, I think it was one of my favorite New Who regenerations. And I just had a ton of fun with it. And, you know, I've actually watched it twice. And I do wish I had a camera on Judy because we watched it a couple days after we did the recording. And I wish I could have had the camera, a video camera on her when she saw David Tennant pop up. Because she did not know. <laughs> and literally she said, what? What? <laughs> and literally awesome. he was he was doing it at the same time almost. And she was like, Mike, Mike what's going on? What's going on? And it, it, it was the reaction was awesome. And I'm sure a lot of people had that kind of reaction. Which is pretty cool. And everything. And so yeah. it was neat. And. After watching it even the second or third time, it was, it still puts a smile on my face. And I, not because it's David Tennant. Yeah, I'm thrilled it's David Tennant. And, but I'm just like curious about the regeneration and what it's going to do. But I thought how, you know, Jody did tag your it, you know, I, I love that and everything. Yeah, they, actually, awesome. they did. They did a good job on that last scene. I wonder if RTD actually wrote that entire last scene <laughs> because it felt much more like him. 
than than Chibnall. I don't know though, but just the dialogue and the way it was handled, and mm-hmm. and I, I think we've confirmed that. I think Rachel Talalay actually re- directed the regeneration scene. But anyway, yeah, I think so. It, yeah, it, it was very well done. It's it's interesting, and we got a lot of questions. And we were actually just talking about this right before we came on the air. I haven't seen the next on Doctor Who, you know, see uh, trailer. I know it's up on YouTube, but I didn't even know it existed. I had to ask Mike and Mary about it because I watch, you know, since I stream now, I don't watch shows live. So I got to watch it on demand um, on the, you know, on what is it? AMC plus. And so I was able to see it that way, but they didn't have the trailer at the end of the streaming. And so it was just interesting. So I'll have to catch it and see what they have. And I don't remember them having it on BBC America either. I watched it on YouTube. Oh, Oh. they did. They did have it on BBC America. Uh, Yeah. Gotcha. With a commercial in between it. (laughs) Yes. With, with about 50 commercials in between it. Of course. But it's, I mean, it, 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 it works. It's it's a good trailer. It, it definitely makes you excited for what's coming. Well, that actually leads into my next news story that broke after, you know, after we we recorded last time is we won't be seeing Doctor Who on BBC America much longer. Nope. We're nope. Gonna, Not new Who anyway. Nope. nope. We're going to actually be seeing uh, the Doctor with Mickey ears so very soon. <laughs> Are they are they required to wear Mickey ears? I, I, the I, time? I don't think I don't think the word I don't think the name Mickey and Doctor Who go well together. Anymore, so. <laughs> it's uh, bad, touché, bad, bad memories. <laughs> too soon. Oh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> and you know you don't want the doctor calling him you know the mouse Mickey the idiot you know so <laughs> it might not be a good point. And yes, folks. Uh, of course, if you have been living in a box or something, and I don't mean a blue box, um, basically, Disney Plus is going to be the new home for Doctor Who. And Disney actually has purchased a substantial portion of the production of Doctor Who. Yeah, that was interesting. It, it At first, everyone thought they just had a distribution deal, but then it came out that they were actually going to contribute production money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which so is the... be interesting to see how that changes things because, you know, with a bigger budget. Well, let me ask you guys this because I knew they had announced after they announced that RTD was taking over and Bad Wolf Productions was, you know, going to be the new producers of Doctor Who that. You know, Sony had invested into Bad Wolf. Is mm-hmm. have you guys heard? Is Disney just exclusively Doctor Who, or is it into Bad Wolf also? Yeah, I have. Oh, I'm sure it's all three. Yeah, I haven't heard specifically I mean, about them it's... investing in Bad Wolf. Oh yeah, that that I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, it's a deal between the three of them. And I think BBC is still involved too. So you've got BBC, Sony, Bad Wolf, and Disney all mixed in. I mean, they have said that RTD has creative control. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. Quote, unquote. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we'll see how that pans out. I mean, everything these days is, is almost everything these days is made by committee. So I, I mean, 
I think Doctor Who has been as well. I mean, it just hasn't been as big of a committee as this. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's weird. I mean, we're going to talk about um, uh, the uh, the Runaway Bride in a little bit, but it was interesting at the end of it to see that it was a BBC and uh, Canadian uh, production. Uh, like, it was BBC Wales and uh, BBC Canada that produced it. And I was like, wow, that's... Yeah, that's a long time ago. Where it was just those two, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that, I, that won't be I happening was, anymore. I think no, that no. was all the way through um, Russell T's era. Was I think when, so? When Canada, you know, BBC Canada was involved, because that's actually how I saw New Who the, at first. Was I had friends of mine in Seattle, and they were able to um, copy um, off the TV. They were able to get oh, me up the canadian channels because yeah because seattle's so close to um mm-hmm. to the canadian border we got um cbc on and that's what doctor who was broadcast on at first the first two seasons and it was pretty amazing so that's how i saw eccleston and Tenet's first season at first you know was through my friends because i didn't want to wait till they came out on on DVD or that they came out on BBC. No, it was even sci-fi. It was Syfy at the time. It wasn't even BBC America that Doctor Who was being shown on right. here in the States. And I it, think, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it was at least, at least a year behind. So. I think uh, it's amazing to me that, you know, I mean, it was, B- like I said, it was BBC Wales and, and CBC and, and the joint production. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty sizable, but now we're talking about really big players, Sony, you know, Disney, BBC. Uh, I mean, bad wolf is holding it all together, but I mean, those are three major, you know, players in the entertainment world. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, uh, you know, so it, I think it means big, big things for Doctor Who going forward. Um, you know, all the all the threats and speculation that it was going to be canceled or that, you know, it wasn't doing well. Or it was going to go away for a while again, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it hardly it is not the case at all. Instead, it's it's on the brink of probably getting bigger than it has right. ever been. I mean, RTD has been trying to do an expanded universe almost from the beginning since he brought it back. Absolutely. So I'm sure that that was a big motivator for him in trying to get all these people together. Because, you know, with all those deep pockets and and all this money that, that the BBC alone just doesn't have, it really gives him, you know, a lot a lot more, um, you know, a way forward to, to really branch out into other other universes sort of like the mcu has done no very true very very true so here's the big question then you know now that disney has a portion of doctor who does that make captain jack a disney princess (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well he's he's certainly the most likely candidate for disney princess i mean if he's allowed to be on the show anymore <laughs> yeah, he's not child friendly. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God, no. I mean, I definitely think that. Oh, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, I mean, Disney, at least in this country, in the United States, has that plan as the option for you know where you have to like put in a code or whatever a permission if you want more adult material. And so, is Doctor Who going to be in that 
adult material uh, level or is it going to be included for everybody to see um and that that alone could could have some impact and influence on the content that we're getting from Doctor Who going forward it's a good question actually mike it is really yeah, a good question it is a good question i i wonder how far they'll go i mean i think i think Russell T wants to push it obviously uh, i think you know he's Russell T right he wants to push things um as far as uh content goes and as far as you know what we're going to see obviously with the doctor and the companion of next season uh already announced it's kind of like yeah that's that's going to be programming that i hope is going to be available to everybody and then you know shows like torchwood and whatnot will be uh probably relegated to the uh adult only just like um you know the 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 MCU shows that were formerly on Netflix that are now available on Disney Plus, like Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage Punisher. and all of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are those are uh, part of the MCU. Well, they're not really now, but well, they're kind of well. Who knows, right? But anyway, uh, but they're more adult in nature, and uh, you know you have to you have to get past that permission wall in order to to watch those. Um, so I'm. I'm guessing that some Doctor Who material that's already available. And we don't know that Torchwood is included in this deal. I would imagine so, but we don't know that for sure. Same thing with Sarah Jane Adventures and all the other stuff as well. We don't even know if Classic Who is included in this package. No, it would be very interesting to see if Classic Who also came over with this. would be amazing. The other thing someone actually brought up now that, you know, Disney has a portion of it. Disney also owns Fox, and that equals the Eighth Doctor and such, because you were not able to use um, some of the characters from the Eighth Doctor story because Fox still owned the rights to it. Mm -hmm. Does that release, you know, the characters of Grace and uh, the other companions and even the Eric, Eric Roberts Master? Yeah, something shouldn't be released, but yeah. No. But yeah, it, it should make things be... it should make things easier, but you know, all that stuff is legal stuff and who knows? It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting going forward, that's for sure. I think we'll do an open discussion with that come in the new year, I think. It would be great to do a live episode talking about the implications for Disney because we're just scratching the surface, folks, and everything. Well, the other good news though, is also we did get a new Doctor Who logo shown, a new old logo, I should say. Yeah, it's nice. I like the new lo new old, new slash old logo. Mm -hmm. Better yeah, than retro. better than the last one. It gave it gave me a lot <laughs> yeah. of warm and fuzzies. Yeah, it really did. I'll also be really happy to have new credits because I hate those toilet bowl credits that that Chibnall came <laughs> up with. They drove me insane. That would be very um, yeah. interesting to do. I just, you know, I'm hoping they're going to get Murray back. I really oh, would love God, to see if they would so. get Murray back. I just, yeah, that was one of the things, segueing into The Runaway Bride, one of the things I noticed mm -hmm. right away, you know, the music and the pacing and just that whole retro feel I've really been missing. Mm -hmm. It'll be very interesting, too, if, and this is just, talking off the top of my head since we have Tenet back and there's something mysterious going on with it because his clothes changed back 
you know, his clothes changed in the regeneration, which isn't normal, but there's no such thing as a normal regeneration anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if, I mean, the whole if, thing is not normal. Right. <laughs> right. But if something <laughs> is going on with the celestial toy maker and such, wouldn't it be kind of interesting if that also changed the interior of the TARDIS back to Tenet's TARDIS? Yeah, that would be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the TARDIS looks like in the new episodes. Because um, I've already heard they've dismantled that. Oh, um, yeah, they dismantled it almost oh, right sure. away. Right away. So, so, yeah. I mean, of course, they want to come up with their own mm-hmm. look and feel. So, Although I will say that, uh, you know, watching Runaway Bride, I was reminded of, you know, obviously, Hen's uh, TARDIS. And although I liked it at the time, I don't know if it's really aged well as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, Ooh. I don't know if I'd really want to go back to that. Now, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We definitely will. So that's the big Doctor Who news that we wanted to talk to you guys about. Was there anything else anyone else wanted to bring up? Or are we good to take a break? Let's take a break. Yep, I'm worn out good. already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've already discussed, what, 20 minutes worth? Oh, yeah. We've been going already 20 minutes. So let's take a quick break. And we'll be back with The Runaway Bride. Woo-hoo. Hey, you know how you don't have any friends? It's fine. The Flopcast will be your friend. Your weird podcast friend. Join us on The Flopcast every week for a silly conversation about cartoons, music, comic books, chickens, and obscure 80s pop culture trivia that no one, literally no one, could possibly care about. Find us at Flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. It'll be our little secret. I shall descend upon this earth. You shouldn't even exist. Are you remember the lawful babe of the lake? Now! Prepare your best medicines, Dr. Man. Get me to the church, scholar! Am I safe? I'm not about to lose someone else. It's Christmas. This planet shall be scorched! Welcome back. Let's go back now to the year 2006. Matter of fact, Christmas 2006. God, I feel old. This is 16 years old, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. it's It feels like I just watched this yesterday. And it's it's craziness. It's 16 years old, and we got introduced, of course, to Donna Noble, Catherine Tate. And it was, it was interesting. You technically got introduced to her at the end of the last season, Dr. Hill, because she, in the very final scene after the doctor destroys a supernova or something like that to use it so he could see Rose in the alternate dimension, he, uh, yeah, Donna shows up and the story picks up from here and you actually get to see it opens with her wedding ceremony. And as she's walking down the aisle, she's full of emotions. And then she starts glowing. And boom, she's in the TARDIS. And I the believe f- this is the first uh, instance where Ten, uh, and it's relevant to today, actually, because, uh, or, you know, at least uh, current times, 
because I think it's the first time that David Tennant has that, you know, sort of something happens in the TARDIS at the very end and he just goes, what, what? And then mm-hmm. it ends like it, it. There's a cliffhanger at the end, which of the season, which lay, which goes to the Christmas episode, which I, I've always uh, appreciated those. Yeah, that's those are always a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an, it was a lot of fun. This wasn't the one. I think it was before the um, no, it's the ne- end of next season when they do the little short with Peter Davison between right mm-hmm. and everything, and then then the TARDIS, and then the uh, Titanic comes through the wall of the TARDIS time crash yeah yeah, but it it was pretty amazing having this story i had only seen this one once because that's how much i disliked donna in this episode (laughs) and everything and so watching it again this time i wanted to see if my opinion had changed because i really like i had mentioned earlier i really like donna she's one of my favorite new companions of doctor who and i think her intent was some of my favorite eras of doctor who and so I wanted to see if I was wrong and that she was any better in this. Still didn't like her in it, but it not. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. A, I, I didn't hate her like I did last time. Yeah, it's I a horrible. Actually... Int- it's a horrible introduction. I mean, yeah. to a character. I mean, uh, you know, Catherine Tate is 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 great. But if you don't know Catherine Tate, if this is your first introduction to her, and for a lot of people in America, it was. For me, it was. I mean, she spends the first act, the first third, right? She spends it yelling, constantly yelling, and uh, not in a pleasant way at all. I mean, she's she's really obnoxious and horrible. Um, and it takes a while for that to really, you know, sort of get do her for her to do anything else. It's not until the very end where she, you get you see another side of her. And by then, I think the damage is already done. Like when he asks her at the end, you know, to to come aboard with her, like, do you want to come? And she says, no. And I'm like, thank God. Like, I just was like, this is, yeah, I was not, uh, I was like you, Mike. When I saw it, I was, I was not a fan. See, I actually didn't feel that way. For me, I mean, I did feel that way the first time <laughs> I saw it, but this time around, I and probably because I've seen Donna in other ways since then, so it's hard to pretend like you're only seeing it for the first time again. Um, but I started to notice, you know, more nuance. I mean, she still she still had good chemistry. I enjoyed this episode more than I thought I was going to. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's perfect, but she had good she still had good chemistry with the doctor you could see the beginnings of it at least and you could you could understand her point of view more because i mean you have to remember she's like she has no idea what's going on she's just been thrust into this situation that is just so totally alien to her uh and she has nothing to base it on and you know donna's way of dealing with fear is, is to become strident <laughs> you know, is to start, you know, challenge and yell and because she, she's scared and she doesn't understand what's going on. And um, it's so totally out of her purview. And so I could at least looking back on it, I could understand her character more and her point of view. In fact, it really, I could live with it until they got to the Ragnos. I thought the person playing the Ragnos overacted to such an extreme. 
Oh my God, yes. It just was almost unwatchable. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I I love the fact that she dialed it up to like 44. (laughs) Like she, like out of 10. Like I was just like, I was like, this is, she's, I mean, Sarah's really, Sarah Parrish is just really like just going all for it. And, uh, and, and so is, is everybody else in this too. I mean, Catherine Tate is on a level of like, she might not be at 44, but she's like at 40, at least in the first act of it. I mean, she, she's constantly yelling and, and she's just, you know, I, and I don't, don't misunderstand me. I after watching this, after watching it the first time that I ever saw it, I didn't like Catherine Tate because it was the first time I ever seen her. Now I know Catherine Tate better through not only her her year or her experience as a companion, but also her comedy and her other stuff that she's done. And now I watch her and I appreciate what she's doing, but I still don't like Donna Noble as a character, um, mm-hmm. at least in this, um, uh, because she doesn't have much that's redeemable. Um, I almost felt bad for her. She though, doesn't add parts. anything. Cause oh, I, I feel bad for it sometimes, but I, yeah. but she, she's, she doesn't really do anything that really help, is helpful at all. You know, I was surprised because I had always assumed after I watched it the first time that Wolf was part of this, but he's nowhere no. to be seen. Oh, yeah, yet. he doesn't show up. Yeah, her father yeah. dies, and that's yeah. when he shows up. Exactly. Because when we yeah. see her again, her father has died. Exactly. That was a weird thing for me, too, because I had forgotten all that, too. I'd forgotten that she had, you know, they had a father character and that, unfortunately, he passed away after this and that they didn't, they weren't able to, uh, so they replaced it. I mean, that's the only reason we got Wolf. Uh, Wolf. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I had a lot of sympathy for her because, I mean, she she disappears from her wedding and nobody cares. No, that's what I was nobody. going with it. She mm-hmm. ha- she disappeared right from the middle of the wedding, and they go ahead and have the frippin' reception still, and everyone's right. partying I mean, and dancing and having a great time. Even the they make room. it pretty clear though. They make it pretty clear though that she's not a great person. I mean, no. I mean, I think you you we you know we feel for her in some ways that everybody's rude to her, but on the other hand. She has done nothing uh, at this point in her life to to warrant like any other sympathy. I mean, really, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that she she deserved any of this, but I mean, you know, she's not a good person. I mean, she she pretty much uh, and she, you know, she lies to the doctor about how the wedding happened. You know, the fact that she basically had to just pester this guy until he finally said yes um and you know everything that everybody else is telling us about her is that she's 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 just very small minded very petty very uh, interested in you know i mean she's very uh normal in a lot of ways but um she's not very interested in seeing what else is out there it's not until this experience that really opens her eyes yeah, but I, I mean, I would argue she doesn't even she doesn't even understand she has that option. I mean, this is somebody who's who's been trapped. And, you know, I think this is we're having a difference of opinion because we're seeing it from the point of view of a man and a woman. And I can see how women get trapped in these gender roles and and are kind of forced to become uh, a, a kind of person that, you know, it is very isolated, is very insulated, uh, is very superficial because they are not allowed to become more than that. And the doctor allows, gives her permission to do that, but she doesn't, she's afraid to take it 
she doesn't even understand she can take it because uh, she's just never been given that option before. And it's one of the reasons why I love Donna as as a companion in, in the fourth season because she's allowed to bloom. And she does. I mean, she grows even from the very yes. first episode that, you know, partners in crime. She when she's given grows. the opportunity to be more than than what she is now, well, then she takes it. She She becomes more than what she is now. But 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 she doesn't. I mean, to her, she's been told all her life the be all and end all is to get married, and you're worthless unless you get married. Well, look and who so her mother desperate. was, though. Look who her mother was. Yeah, she's tearing her down at every scene. Even it started. She's in this. absolutely desperate because she feels so small. I I think a lot of that is stuff that you know that you might uh, that none of that is in this. Like we find that out later about her mom and how the pressure well, is, but it's that. not, yeah. but it's not in this. Well, no, her, you know, mother, her mom is a royal, her mom's a royal I think her mother's pressure is absolutely yeah. in this. Well, no, okay. she's not, I'm not saying her mother's a nice person and everything, but then again, Rose's wasn't either. Right? Oh, so, um, no, well, you know, like no, no. Donna, Donna's either. mom makes Jackie and, look and like look, a walk I mean, in the park. I'll, I'll grant you, I'll grant you that Donna's character, because she's a woman, has a lot of, things that are not going for like almost all women out there so i'll give you that but i mean there's don't tell me that there's not times where she's not doesn't have any agency because the doctor makes it a point several times like there are things happening in the world there are things happening in the sky that you're not paying attention to why because you just don't care Right. Oh, I must. I was. I must have been in Spain that week or something yeah she's, she's too busy like looking at the tabloids to look instead of looking up at the sky to see what's going on. Oh, like no. she doesn't well, really I'll, care. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I mean, she is, she's a flawed character, which is one of the reasons that makes her more interesting as, as when we get to see more of her in, in the fourth season, uh, because, because she is a flawed character. You're right. She's very superficial. She's selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's got a lot of problems. I, I'm not disputing she has to take, that. I'm, she has to take some responsibility for yeah. that. Oh, I'm disputing that oh no neither um, of us I'm, I'm just saying that that i can understand where her characters i mean i don't condone it but i can understand why her character is the way it is now if she had stayed that way then yes she would have made a horrible companion yes yeah because well, who would have I mean, wanted to see that i mean we do see like we do see that it's that it's open to her i mean obviously when she opens the tardis doors or and and she's forced to see what she sees that the space that's where i think the first the first time that i'm like Okay, she's more than just a a barking machine. Like she's there's more to her than just that. She's able to like actually process things. And then the next time that she's in the TARDIS and she opens the doors and they're looking at the creation of the earth and everything, that's a really profound moment. Even she like has to, you know, admit that that's a profound moment even though with everything that's going on with her and she's so wrapped up in what's going on with her, suddenly she realizes that how how small that stuff is uh in comparison to things and uh you know i do i think that's the beginning of it that's the beginning of the building blocks that we get later on but um but they weren't like they weren't there substantially enough for me at that point to to like say yeah sign me up for donna for a season um you know i was really nervous when she was announced to come back like i was like oh my god we're gonna get like this barking companion again and they really toned her down and and changed her a lot actually 
which they had to do because this this character would not have been great i don't think no i agree i agree with you that if if it, she had stayed the way she is portrayed here then yes it would have been horrible <laughs> to watch yeah. that for a whole season yeah. but, but but luckily that's not what happened however yeah. i can see and and yeah it's all i mean the point of view of looking at this for the first time and not knowing right uh where they were going to take it and then them announcing it yeah total i could total nerves i can absolutely understand that because yeah i, I wouldn't have wanted to watch this through a whole season either so i'm so grateful that they took this character um and decided to let her grow because that was awesome to watch fascinating mm-hmm. to watch. when we saw it the first time we thought she was just a one and done character right and so yeah. you know and it was and it was interesting when the tardis landed on earth and such and came back after the doctor rescued her from the car chase which was just awesome I actually love that scene. Oh, I thought it was awesome. And the kids watching in the rear, in (laughs) the back of the car. It was just awesome. And that was cool. And it's like, it's when I saw it the first time, I loved it. Because at the time, William was seven. And so, Mm. and so him and I were like cheering when we saw that, you know, he saved (laughs) and the, and it's like, and now, you know, watching it, Judy and I were watching it on Saturday night. And when we were, we watched it and we both looked at it, it's like, how are you going to explain it to your insurance company that your car <laughs> got hit by a flying police by a fly, box? By a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> by a, a police box, you know, on, on the M5 or something, you know? So I thought that was pretty awesome. And there was just some great scenes, but I loved it when they landed. It was the same area. It was like where um, they ended the Christmas special before where the doctor had landed in the, like in that warehouse district with Harriet Jones and everything. And they, (laughs) and, you know, and, you know, they, he whispered to her, doesn't she look tired, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting that they landed the same spot and he had no idea where they were, of course. So. Yes, that's very Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, using the same spots and everything. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting, and you know, none of the other casts, you know, really, you know, wild me in this or anything. You know, Donna's mom, you know, was like, and even the the gentleman who played her gro- the groom, the guy who was going to marry Donna, it's like when he turned bad, and he became the you know the mustache twisting villain and everything. And you know, ha ha ha! It was my me all along. I was get, pouring this stuff into your coffee and everything, and it's just like, uh, talk about overacting. Yeah, I mean, there. it's a little hard, hard to feel sorry for him. I mean, yeah, yes, she pestered him, but he totally used her. So, you know, one of the things that I noticed here too, and I, I, I certainly don't mean to be insensitive, but uh, I was like, wow, uh, you know, I obviously I wouldn't have known this at the time. Uh, because it only, it you know, it only happened, uh, this is only the second time it happened, uh, but it, it happens again in New Who, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of, like, female white companions that are paired up with young black men, like, <laughs> in, in New Who, and I'm like, that's very, that's very interesting. <laughs> very specific. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very spe- kind of, specific, kind of you know. Dynamic. 
<laughs> you know, because uh, we see that with uh, Rose beforehand, and then um, uh, Don and, uh, and Donna, and then um, uh, uh, Clara. True. Yeah. Later on, that's very true. And uh, and you know, I'm like, uh, you know, so it's just a really interesting dynamic. It's like it's just like okay. No, I'm not saying anything plus or minus about it. I just noticed it. I was like, wow, yeah. that seems to be a recurring yeah, thing. In New Who. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and the fact that, you know, I think that, you know, with new who traditionally they've, they've a lot of times gone with a white female companion. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean that, that, you know, that's there too, but, and it's not, you know, I didn't see anything like negative about it or whatever. It's just uh, something that I noticed. Although I, I'd take, you know, as Lance, as bad as Lance is, I'd take him over Mickey any day of the week. <laughs> oh, geez. Who wants either one of them? They're no. both pretty worthless. Exactly. No, I, but, I did not feel uh, bad for him Lance when he fell, fell down to the center of the earth. And, no. you know, he fell way too quickly, truthfully. You know, wouldn't he have technically drowned when all the water just came down? Well, he was eaten first. Well, no, because if if he no, he fell to the center of the earth, earth and then was eaten. Oh, yeah, but like, he had a like, he had a head start before the water. Yeah, but if he fell down to the center of the earth, he would not have fallen in like five minutes all the way down. There. Or five seconds. Yeah, yeah sure, but he still would have water. gotten there before the water. Mm. It's physics. Mm. You you drop something first, and then it gets to the bottom before the water does. Like it's just like you know. Yeah, but that all happened way too quickly anyway. So. It's Doctor Who, Wibbly yeah, Wobbly. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I could just hand wave like, that away. Look, don't, yeah, like a lot of Doctor Who, if you think about it hard, and you don't even have to think too hard about it, like the 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 plot in this makes, oh, it's it's not connected very well at all. Uh, the reason why Donna pops up in the TARDIS is, I mean, they have to do run rings around trying to figure out a way to actually incorporate that into anything. Uh, putting in Torchwood, it's just kind of a, a a thing that they do. It doesn't really add up to anything. Um, the whole plot of what the Rachnos are doing is just is just insane. It doesn't really make any sense at all. I think really, uh, for me, the first uh, the first act of this, like, and the retread of the uh, the robots, the Santa robots, and the tree, just didn't do anything for me either. At least it um, wasn't a spinning tree. Oh God! No, no, but you know it wasn't that much better. With the explosives that with, with these exploding ornaments that oh my God they don't want to you know they don't need they won't mean to hurt anybody really like I just was like and I don't know like the fact that they had the plant they had the trees and the planned out to begin with to be able to like get control over it just didn't make any sense i it's just there's a lot in this that i just you know you just bang your head and go whatever um i think the whole point of this though uh to me to me the 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 saving grace of this is the third act where we really get to see the doctor reacting to uh so much stuff that's going on with him um and it's something that we don't usually see from the doctor until David Tennant's era, where we really see that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, and and what he's going through with Rose throughout the whole thing. And then, you know, what how he how he reacts to the Empress 
Uh, you know, he says he gives her a chance, but it's not really an honest not, chance. Not, not she, much of one. <laughs> no, because she doesn't she doesn't even know who he is. It's not until she, like, you know, she's rejects him, his offer that he actually says, you know, who, you know, now I'll tell you who I am. It's like, no, no, she didn't have all the information, man. Like, like, <laughs> it's like that's just not fair, dude. Come on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is pretty it is. And he's really scary and brutal in the in the third act uh i mean they they film him like a villain oh the doctor yeah very dark. yeah yeah well i think they're really trying to hammer the point that he needs somebody to be yes. traveling with him to, and to tell him is, to stop is that this is the first time that that's really a thing right that the doctor needs somebody yeah at, to, yeah, that's why I, he doesn't travel I alone. I think it is. I mean, it becomes a real theme from here on out. Absolutely. But yeah, I think it is maybe the first time that that we really get that hammered home that that how dangerous he is without somebody to kind of hold him back. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good way to put it. Actually, you don't really think about it, but it's very true that you know. And they actually revisited this in turn left. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Donna wasn't there. The doctor, right. you know, went even further, and he That's ended right. up dying it during, for it. I mean, you, you, I mean, you could argue that from the Ragnos's point of view. I mean, she had a point. She was trying to save her entire species, right? She was trying to save her children. She's the last one. She's just trying to survive. Now, I mean, he says, "I'll relocate you to a planet with, you know, where you can live out your lives." But how does she know to trust him? Yeah, because like I said, she doesn't even know who he is at that point. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, he's playing dirty pool there for sure. And because he doesn't, I don't think he's interested in saving them, really. I mean, not really. Because he wouldn't even, if in order, he wouldn't even need to ask her if he really wanted to save them. He would just scoop them up and take them, right? Like he could do that. That's within his power. But, um, yeah. And it's interesting too, because once she does find out he's a time lord, or she's from Gallifrey, he's from Gallifrey, then, I'd never noticed this before, but then she, uh, doesn't she utter something like, no, not Time Lords, they kill us, right? They kill Ragnarok. Like, like it's almost like there's a history there that we don't know about that between the time, uh, the Gallifreyans and the Ragnarok. Yeah, they don't, they mention that, but they don't go into it. They don't go into much no. detail. To any extent. But it is I mean, a weird like- thing to throw out there. Yeah, I mean, we don't know her backstory. Maybe the Ragnos have been taking over planets and destroying them for millennia. Who knows? But they they don't tell us that. So how how do we know? Well, I mean, Ten does say that, you know, when he recognizes what she is, he's like, they eat planets and they do this and that and the other thing. And and Donna's like, you mean they eat people? You know, that kind of thing. And, and so uh, so we do know that he's familiar with them and they are bad. Yes. So I guess they're like <laughs> they're like the uh like the insects, the pests of the universe that the the Califreans like have to the, you know get the exterminator. They have to swat them, basically. Yeah, they have to swat them. We do see Ragnos later, right? Like we do see them in is it uh the twelfth Doctor's run? Is that right? Yeah, but it's not the Ragnos. It just they just look like the Ragnos. Yeah, they look okay. like them. They're not specifically the Ragnos. I don't know why they made them look so much like them. Right, but also in the thirteenth Doctor in the Tesla episode, they had the scorpion people. 
at first we yeah. thought. And they look just like them. They also look yeah. just like them. It's almost yeah. like, oh, we have some extra makeup here. Let's uh, you, <laughs> let's just yeah, do that. I think it's I, I think it's a cool look. I think she looks great. I mean, certainly if I was, you know, I don't know if they've ever made a figure of her, but she would oh, pretty, they be pretty cool to have out there. Yeah. Like she's she really looks cool. I think the makeup and everything is really well done on on no. the design yeah. of her. When they yeah, did, I was when fine they did with the that, action but I still figures. think she was mm-hmm. overacting so much that. It oh, was... I I concur that she was overacting way much, but I. At that point, I really just enjoyed it because everybody else was kind of dialed too far down. Well, it was interesting, too, because, you know, they did all the jumps and everything when they first introduced her, all the different camera angles of her to make, <laughs> yeah. to make it all look all jumpy. And it's like, oh, she's just teleporting in or something. And I was just like, no, no, it's just them trying to be clever. So but yeah, it was Veris Lynn is not my favorite director. Um he was the director of this episode and he's directed other episodes too. Right. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not a horrible director, but I think he could have done, he just could have done a better job in the, in the Rachna scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, yeah, the whole thing is, yeah, not very, not, not well done. Um, did you guys notice um, when the military showed up that it was the first reference to Saxton? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. And I didn't, I hadn't noticed it the first time because you didn't know what that was. What it meant. Yeah. Exactly. And so I found that, I just found that interesting that it was like, oh, you got permission from, you know, whatever Saxton, you know, Mr. Saxton and to go forward. And it was just like, Saxton, oh, I know where this is going. But they also referenced Torchwood in this too. Oh, yeah. I think at this point we're led to believe that Torchwood is no more. Correct. Because the series hadn't started yet. The series hadn't started yet. And, you know, they just kind of had that big you know, their, Canary their Wharf. Big head, headquarters were blown up. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. But Donna missed it also. It was okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, she she had no she was, she was washing her hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, was, she was reading the tabloids. She was watching the Kardashians. <laughs> That is funny. Well, so that's cool. Any final thoughts on this one before we go ahead and rate it? Um, you know, uh, Mary said something about it's great to have uh, Murray Gold again, uh, to listen to him and, and see his work on this again. And that's great. Um, there's also, uh, uh, they use Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. And there's a song that Mary Gold um, created for this called love don't roam which i love it's performed by neil hannon um and uh it's uh it's just so infectious i play it all the time yep, yeah a... I'm, I'm voting for marie gold to come back that's for sure oh gosh yes very very much so so we'll have to wait and see what happens so let's go ahead and rate this one out of five tardises one being the worst five being the best mr mike you get to go first uh i'm gonna give this a three i think uh you know if you compare it to other i don't know other christmas episodes other introduction of companion episodes whatever you want to you know i think there's a lot in there that i don't care for that it's clunky and doesn't really work for me um but i do uh, appreciate the third act in particular, especially where we get to see like the darkest side of the doctor. I think we've ever seen. Um, and we, w- we have no idea that like of stuff to come. 
this is just a prelude to how dark he can really get. And uh, I think that's that's interesting. That was an interesting choice to make in this. Um, and David is just outstanding uh, all the way through, actually. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the clunkiness and, and the personification of Donna Noble here, um, I think, is just a little bit, oh, yeah, a little bit left me to be desired. Agreed. 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 Mary. I'm going to give this a three and a half. And I think that's probably higher than I would have given it on first viewing. Cause I think this is an episode that's really worth going back and watching after you've watched the RTD era. Cause you can see a lot of seeds of things that RTD was planting here and going forward. And, and it's, it's actually kind of fascinating for me to watch the beginning of of Donna Noble knowing where, where she goes throughout the series. And so I think it's definitely worth going back to. I'm not sure it's such a great episode of first viewing because yeah, Donna's not a likable character and uh, the Ragnos is way overacted and it's just, it's not directed that well. And the story is a little iffy, but I mean, it's not horrible. It's still entertaining. Uh, but I think it's one of those things that, that you need to go back and watch uh, j- just to appreciate um what RTD was building up to. Nope. That's a good point. And, That's a and, very good and point. especially like looking ahead to what he's going to be doing and bringing us to Dr. Who in the future. I mean, yes, you're right. He's, he's not going back to classic series yet. Uh, I guess he's not comfortable doing that, or maybe he got an edict not to do that yet, but you can tell that he's already creating this world He's he's pulling stuff from uh, the past couple seasons, as well as he's laying seeds for the next, I don't know, three or four seasons, right? Like he's mm-hmm. like there's stuff in here that has implications for like another two, two seasons from now, I think, and right. uh, maybe three. And uh, um, and so he's definitely not just thinking of like episode by episode. He's he's building something um, and he's continuing to build something, which is. Pretty awesome, actually. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. All right, I'm going to agree with Mary on this one. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. If you would have, you know, asked me when we the episode actually first started and first <laughs> aired, I probably would have given it a two and a half. That's how much I disliked Donna at the time. Do I think this episode aged well? No, I don't think it has aged all that well. Um, the chemistry between... David and, of course, Donna loved, loved. It was, you could already start seeing it building in this, especially towards the end. And especially like when she asked him to dinner and everything, do you want to come in and celebrate with us? And, you know, it was, you could feel there was something there already. I see it more now because we know what's to come at this time. And, you know, I don't know if... They already had the plan that she was going to be back in a year, you know, or what was the deal that, you know, Martha was Martha just a one one and done type character. You don't know. And everything. It's a good question. I yeah, think I've heard. I don't, I don't think they did have the plan. Cause I think he wrote in his book that he had actually written this, written that season, the fourth season for a different companion. Yes. And then, that's it, and true. then it turned out that Catherine Tate was available. And so they decided to ask her to come back. Interesting. I, I I will agree with you, Mike, that even though I didn't really care for Don as a character, 
I like I said, I appreciate Tate's performance in this to an extent. Oh, and I really awesome. yeah. I think that you're right. She and Tennant have chemistry. Um, and for me, it was really like that scene where they're on the roof together, uh, uh, you know, after the the chase. Um, that's when I really noticed like, okay, these two have something. Um, it is working to some extent. Um, and uh, going forward, it was less annoying. Well, there, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. <laughs> that's a good way to put it actually. And it's interesting now, you know, having the season with her as the companion now makes us my look on this completely different than I did if she was just a one and done character. Because I was like good riddance to her the first time. And you know <laughs> oh, yeah. And so but now it's like, oh, this is Donna. It's awesome. And so and we're gonna be getting more Donna. So I'll be very curious to True. see what's gonna True. be with that. So Let's wait and see. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think of it? Did you like it? Did you not? What was your reaction the first time you saw it and compared to seeing it today? I'd be very curious to hear that. So definitely write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up. But before we do, I do have a little bit of sad news that I need to talk to you guys about. Uh, we lost one of our own recently, and we brought this up on our station one last night. A uh, friend of the show, David Keep, uh, passed away this last week. A lot of people know him as Professor Dave. He had another podcast called Professor Dave's Ark in Space, which he did with his wife, Lilibet. Um, and basically, both him and his wife did the show for many, many years, and they were very generous with their time. They used to appear on Earth Station One uh, quite a bit. They also appeared on this program at the very beginning. And in the recent in the recent years, Dave has, um, and I don't think Elizabeth would mind me saying this, that, you know, Dave had developed a very bad heart. And he had, you know, went into the hospital um, because he had another heart attack and they basically tried all they could, but they couldn't basically save him. But he went out on his own terms. He went and was able to say goodbye to everybody. And he went very peacefully. Um, our thoughts go out to Elizabeth and her family and Dave's family. And, you know, thank you for all they did for us. And, you know, Hopefully, God willing, he's in a better place. And be thankful, folks, for what you have. That's all you need to say, because you never know when it can be taken from you. And I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I'm not trying to do it. But it means a lot when we lose one of our own, and especially somebody who was very crucial in the beginnings of ESO and Earth Station One and Earth Station Two. So thank you, David, for what you did to us. You can find older episodes of Professor Dave's Ark in Space anywhere fine podcasts are found. Definitely check it out. Absolutely. With that being said, we will be back again in two weeks. We are going to be looking at the next holiday special, folks. That's right. Get used to these. We're going to be talking to those <laughs> pretty much through the rest of the year. So we are going to be looking, of course, at Voyage of the Damned when the Doctor goes on the Titanic. That's right, folks. Should, what? It, what? Sh it should be a He's ton of fun. He's the king of the world. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about those angels they had on those shows. Or oh, God. It's pretty fun. So definitely join us then. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. As we said, please subscribe if you get a chance. We would really appreciate it. Feedback is always welcome. And you know what? Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. We would just appreciate you guys beyond belief. So until then, on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, let's say thank you to Ms. Mary Ogle. Oh, thank you. It's really fun talking about Doctor Who every time. Any um, thing you want to shout about? Any of your websites or anything? Um, well, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Awesome. And thank you, of course, Mr. Mike. We made it through another one. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys both for joining us. And we will see you guys here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace and wish everybody good luck and love out there. We'll see you soon. Peace. God knows we need it. Oh, God, yes. It's election day here. Ah! You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.